the ability to travel through sound. We learned that the fundamental stuff of the universe was sound vibration. This was when we discovered the sonic landscapes. 
we learn that songs and sounds collected together pulled by the gravitational forces of theme, meaning, and vibration. Today, we invite you to explore with us as we travel the sonic tapestries and enter the soundscape. Into the edge of a deep dark hole 
But it's my turn to drive Driven to the margin of error Driven to the edge of control Driven to the margin of terror Welcome to Soundscape. My name is Woody Harris. And I'm Susie Harris. And we are going to take you on a trip to 1996. Actually, we're already there. We started with Fishes Free. That's from Billy Breeds, which is one of the finest fish albums out there. Indeed. And then we moved on to Rush with Driven from Test for Echo. Not exactly my favorite Rush album, but really has some good moments. And I thought Driven was a great way to start the show. So why 96, you might ask? Because we are sort of going backwards in time to get to the point where we can talk about the best stuff from 2016. It's a long way around, I know, but actually it's been a lot of fun trying to do this. Um, so 
1996, what were you doing? Do you remember? Well, it was before I met you. Yes, it was before you met me. I was working at Borders. Okay. Uh, well, okay, so I finished up the last half, the final bit of my volunteer two-year term. Okay. Working for Samaritan House and living in the, the group house. And then uh, I was homeless for a little bit. And a couple months. That, that, I, I had a place to stay, but it was not my place. So Right, right. In terms of I, I was staying at the, gra- at the grace of a friend of a friend, basically. It was very kind. And I had to look for a job. And okay. I found a job at Borders Books and Music. And that was in 96. So I think I started there in September or something like that. But yeah. So I was poor as all get out. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, so, and then I moved into the house with Elizabeth and John in Inman Park. Which is so, where I met her. Yeah. So I was living in Inman Park, hanging out at the Yacht Club. And... With my bike, riding my bike everywhere because I didn't have a car, and working for Borders. All right. That was. That was your ninety six. That was huh? my ninety. Well, most of my ninety six. Okay. But yeah. Ninety six. I was living in Douglasville, which is just outside of Atlanta. For those people who don't know where Douglasville is, um, I was. I just finished my master's degree, and I had started working for. Inner Harbor, mm-hmm. where I started my first music therapy program, so to speak. It was kind of a experimental music therapy program, but anyway, um, exciting stuff. Because as I've gotten, as I've gone through all this music and listened to it, I've had all, kind of all these reminiscent moments of what it was like in 1996, and uh, how much of the music that we we're not playing a lot of music that I was listening to at the time, actually. But there are a few things that I'll throw in there because they are the things that I was listening to the most in 1996. Uh, Billy Breeds being one from Fish. Test for Echo didn't get a lot of play at the time, but I, I did buy it when it came out. I think I bought it first day out, back when releases were on Tuesday. Anyway, um, you guys may not care about our history, but you will care about the music that we have to offer you. And we're gonna uh, we're gonna try to play what I would deem to be some of the best music from 1996, although some of this stuff is just now new to me because part of the process of going through the music is finding out all this new stuff. So we're going to listen to Arena first from the album Pride, and Susie's going to just tell us a little bit about Arena before we get into our set here. Just a bit. So uh, Arena was founded the year before, in 95, by Clive Nolan, who was the keyboardist for Pendragon, and then Mick Pointer the original drummer of Marillion, which I had no clue on, which was pretty cool. Um, And then other founding members were guitarist Keith Moore, vocalist John Carson, and bassist Cliff Orsai. Um, In that first year, Orsai was replaced by John Jowett of IQ, pretty much in that first year. (laughs) So, of course, I did not last Big very long. Big group for the most part, it yeah. seems like. So I've decided that they are very much like yes in terms of you need a freaking chart to, to like, and they have a chart at Wikipedia. They have a chart of <laughs> of all of the members, of the band. So in '96, you went from John Carson on vocals, Keith Moore on guitars, Cliff Clive Nolan on keyboards, Mick Pointer on drums, and John Jowett on bass, to um, Paul Wrightson on vocals. Clive Nolan on 
uh, keyboards and backing vocals, Keith Moore on guitars, Mick Pointer on drums, and John Joward on bass. So you had a switch in the main vocalist in 96, and you had a switch of the main of the bassist in 95. I like this band. They're just... They, they, they're a rotating they cavalcade rotating, of characters. Seriously. So, a anyway. Calliope. Yeah, they really are. Um, but they've been going um, ever since... And they seem to attract a whole bunch of really cool musicians. Like the, the, the rotating musicians who come in are pretty damn impressive. So, um, and mo- it says most of the lyrics are written by um, Clive Nolan. Mm-hmm. So Mick Pointer does contribute some stuff. And um, according to their website, which is at arenaband.co.uk, in 96, um, Pride is the new album with renowned producer Simon Hanhart behind the mixing desk. The result is astonishing, and despite the changes in the lineup, the music and cover and cover feel comfortably familiar. The cover of the album, otherwise. Yes. yes. Paul's voice is not totally unlike John's, but there is just a tad more power and aggression. Besides proving that Arena has not lost the ability to write excellent songs, this album displays the musical capabilities of the individual band members, with perhaps the best examples being in the acapella Crying for Help 7, in which new singer Paul gets the chance to stretch his vocal cords, and the closing epic Sirens with its fierce instrumental midfiction. A tour follows, and there is a fan club release of an edit to EP with a sing-along version of Empire of a Thousand Days. Which is the one we're going to play, is Empire of a Thousand Days. So imagine that as a sing-along version. There you go. Try. Try, Try, if you will. So, uh, like I said, the website for Arena is arenaband.co.uk. All right. So let's listen to some Arena and get our our feet deep into 1996. And we'll see you on the other side. Enjoy the trip.
Right. <laughs> that ended kind of abruptly because I think there's like a minute of silence on the end of the song. Sorry about that. Sorry. 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 Okay. Um, that set included Arena with Empire of a Thousand Days. We talked to you a little bit about Arena. What we didn't talk to you about was the next band, which is Abraxas. Now, Abraxas is Polish prog from 1996. And uh, I, I've played some of their stuff on the show before, but I've never had any uh, connection to this particular album. And I couldn't possibly pronounce the Polish language translation of the album. But when it's translated by Google, thank you, Google, it's cycle turns up, birth, childhood, full of soul, smiles, innocent, and treason. Um, so there's not a lot of information on Abraxas. They were rated pretty highly on Prague Archives, maybe um, uh, the second highest rating for a neo-Prague band in 1996. Um so I just I I listened to a little bit of it and I, I I actually hadn't listened to that particular song before. That was Alhambra, Alhambra, like the that? game, like Alhambra. the game. Yes, I don't I don't know if it's like the game, but that was Alhambra and uh, um yeah, it comes from the the thing I can't say. Alhambra. No. Oh. The if you read the it's. Sickle Obraka C. No, I'm not going to try it. I'm, I'm just I'm done. Uh, cycle turns up birth, childhood, full of souls, smiles, innocent, and treason. Okay. Got it. So that's, that's uh, Abraxas. Then we had Hands, which is also a new discovery for 1996 for me. Yeah. And they were very hard to find anything about because they no longer exist, unfortunately. They um, were not, they didn't stick around very long. Um, and their official website is dead in the water. So there's, <laughs> it was fun. So all I have is from Prague Archives. So bear with me. Uh, so they are from Texas, a Prague band from Texas, which I think is very interesting. Um, that is interesting. Mm-hmm. They, they, um, said that they're, they have, um, influences such as Johnny Winters, Almond Brothers, Kansas. Which you can totally hear the Kansas in there, and they've been um, likened to Jethro Tull and Gentle Giant, as well as Kansas. So um, they're they really didn't have a whole lot. They they were actually they started in '77 and did a ton of touring, but didn't really have much output in terms of albums. Um, so there was a collection of the band's early recordings on CD in 1996, which is what we have been playing from. But that's, oh. they had one studio album from 77, and that was it. And then they jumped forward all the way to 1996, but that is actually recorded music from 76. Yeah, from the early times, yep. Fascinating. And they did release a new studio album in 2001. Um, did it get scrapped? They, no, they released it. Okay, called 25 okay. Winters. Right. Okay. And it says they do continue to perform today. Well, wait a minute. From 76 to 2001, you said? Whoa. No. <laughs> Sorry, cat going crazy. Ooh, that was fun. Yes. So that's so 25 winters. They spent 25 winters working on that album. That's yes. Apparently. Interesting. And, uh, apparently, and, and then it says in 2006, they were wrapping up production on a third studio album called Strangelet. But they don't have their website is dead in the water. And they don't seem to 
really be around very much. So I, I don't know if they're strictly now just, they don't do any touring. They're just kind of working on a studio album, maybe. Okay. <laughs> so All there's right. not a whole lot of, of information about them, but that's where you get that 96 album is, is a whole bunch of early recordings. I stuff. see. I see. Oh, very interesting. Well, I, I, I listened to the album and I, I was pretty impressed with it. So I had to play something. Good. I liked it. Uh, the, the song we listened to was Dream Search and it just kind of pops into this kind of upbeat kind of thing there in the middle. It's really cool. So we, if you can find 25 Winters, that would be interesting to listen I to. I will have to look for it because now I want to know more. Tell me more about hands. Uh, <laughs> sounds like a strange thing to that say. A very strange Tell me more about hands. What are hands? We just use noses where I live. Um, moving on. <laughs> the next album is Actual Fantasy <laughs> from Ariane. Also came out in 1996. We heard the track Computerize. Um, this is the second album from Ariane. And uh, while you know many of Ariane's have kind of an overarching theme that follows through, this one was just kind of pulled from Ariane's, from Aryan Lucasen's imagination as well as his love for science fiction and fantasy he had just finished uh the uh the star one album and uh so or maybe not no no this is early on this is early on he hadn't i'm looking at remix when he when he remixed this album he had just finished the star one album so um we actually hearing the remixed version here but once again we heard computerize from arian and uh, Arion has new music coming out April 28th, but you can get a couple of tracks now at iTunes and at Amazon if you so wish to go and, and grab. We'll have to play some new stuff here on the show soon. But this show didn't afford us any opportunity to play new music. Sorry. We'll do a lot of it the next one. How about that? Uh, okay, so I'm promising things that I might not be able to keep. <laughs> the look I gave her was like a yeah. deer in headlights. I, <laughs> what are you doing? Shut up, lady. Shut up. <laughs> no, no. Next time will be 2006, so we'll see how 2006 plays out. Sure. In the case of 1996, there was just a lot of long songs, and I really wanted you guys to hear things that you may not have caught before in the past. So, because they were, because that was what I was doing. That was the that's the fun of doing this this yearly thing is to just get totally immersed in a past year, and that's what I've been doing. Um, for the past week and a half or so is just getting really immersed into 1996. Listening to... I mean, I listened to the Cardigans the other day, so that's what 1996 was like. Cardigans? Yeah, first band on the moon. Uh, moving on from that, we played No Man, Senator Jazz from Wild Opera. So, what you heard was from... Um, oh, yeah, hang on. Wild Opera. Yeah, yeah. That's what I just said. Sorry. Um, in their third album. So the interesting part, which I didn't realize, is that, and I don't think Woody realized it either, but this, No Man actually got its start in 86 as a solo project for Stephen Wilson called No Man is an Island Except the Isle of Man. Ah. And then in 87... He and Tim Bonas got together and decided to actually become a, a duo for the whole thing and, and started work. And No Man, as in just the regular No Man, the way it is now, No Dash Man, yeah, uh, happened in like 97. It was a while. 
I think, before they decided to... I can see him meeting the Tim Bonus. You seem to have a voice like heroin. Please join me for an album. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just interesting that they... It all started as this sort of solo thing and then became a duo. And then um, they brought in a violinist, Ben Coleman, uh, who came in around 88. And then in 89, they added guitarist Stuart Blagden and became a four-piece that toured around. It was basically for their live shows that they would do all the all that. So any, anyway, it's just interesting how it's ex, it, it just expanded. But the duo of Tim Bonus and Stephen Wilson is really the... And I just never realized that. I thought it was, I thought Stephen Wilson was kind of a side player, someone who just came along for the ride sometimes. I was completely lost on that. You guys wanted to know about my ignorance, right? I'm giving it to you here. And I lied. It was 1990 when they changed it to No Man. Okay. Just No Dash Man. Um, And then with Wilson handled like pretty much all of the instruments except for the voice, violin, and guitar. Okay. All right. So, I mean, and that's normal for him. He's And it was hard to pick what, what song yeah. to play off this. Um, I thought about Time Travel in Texas, but we played that before, and I wanted to play something new. And Sinister Jazz sounded like it was something so out of our expectations for what No Man might bring that I had to offer that one. Well, yeah, and they say about this time frame, as they, it explores a combination of darker dance sounds, experimental art rock, and deep trip-hop. There you go. Well, Stephen Wilson was a shoegazer, so... Yeah, it works. All right. Well, then after that, we played Richard Wright, none other than Richard Wright, the piano player and keyboard player for Pink Floyd. In 1996, he put out his second solo album ever, 20 years later, after... After, uh, what was the first one? Wet Dream? I think it was Wet Dream, but I could be completely wrong. wrong. That's me exhibiting ignorance once more. Normally, I know this stuff, though. <laughs> it was Wet Dream. Yeah, okay. I thought it was. It just sounded odd when I said it now. Anyway, uh, Reaching for the Rail. Stop laughing at me. Reaching for the Rail was the song we played off of uh, the album Broken China, which uh, was Richard Wright's attempt to uh, make kind of a concept album about his wife's depression. Oh, wow. Which I never realized that was the case. I had listened to the album and I'm like, this album is really just, I feel sad listening to this album. And now I know why. Now you know. Um, but he had some special guests along for the ride. He actually had David Gilmore, at least for one song, originally on the album. And that was Breakthrough. But unfortunately, for whatever reason, some kind of changes in the production or whatever, uh, David Gilmore was not featured on the album after all, but uh, if you go and look for I think it's in the uh, Gdansk show uh, the one of the recent uh, David Gilmore live albums that, that has come out has uh, has breakthrough on it with, with uh, Richard on vocals and uh, David Gilmore playing guitar, so I think I've heard it before, but now I feel like I need to go back and listen now that I know that's connected to this. I don't think I really realized before. Um, anyway, the other vocal, the other uh, guest that you may or may not have recognized was that Sinead O'Connor was singing the vocals there for Reaching for the Rail, and she also sings the vocals for Breakthrough, I believe. So uh, that is Richard Wright and Reaching for the Rail. 
So something maybe I need to go. Oh, it's David Gilmore in concert. It's on the DVD, not on the album. So you might have to get the concert to check it out. But there you can get breakthrough as it maybe was meant to be heard. I don't know. Anyway, that's that set. Once again, that was a good long set. It was a good long set. And the next one will be a little shorter, perhaps. But uh, we are in the midst of going through 1996 in Prague Rock along with some momentary drop-bys of other things that I might have listened to in 1996. Um, But this next set is all stuff that is completely brand new to me. So maybe it is to you. I'm hoping it is. Um, We're going to start with a band called Drachma, D-R-A-C-M-A. And the name of the song is Inner Castle. So we'll we'll talk to you a little bit more about Drachma and the other artists on the other end of this set. But uh, once again, thanks for joining us for our trip through 96. And feel free to drop in chat and tell us what you were doing in 1996. Um, We're all reminiscing here, sort of, kind of. Cheers.
You know I'm a Journey fan, so that that one's just been stuck in my head. Actually, uh, the Trial by Fire album probably was one of my most played albums of 1996. It certainly 
is still, if I go back and kind of look at it, I, I still play this one a lot. Sometimes it's a little bit, it's more of a cheesy album than... Cheesy. Yeah. It's, cheesy. It's, it's, it's a much cheesier album than something like Frontiers, but the good songs are really good, so I, I get really caught by it. So, <laughs> that is Trial by Fire by Journey. We started that set with Drachma and Inner Castle. So, yes, Drachma is, the name is based on the currency. Spelled differently, though. There's no H in Drachma of the band. Uh, they are from Spain. And they started out in um, 93, 93? No, yes, sorry. 93 is when they started. Um, and I, this amused me. Okay, so first of all, um, they are, their, their official website is a MySpace page. So it, that yeah. says a lot. Yeah. So I can't really <laughs> find anything about them. Is there still a MySpace? There's still a MySpace. There is. Uh-huh. That's it's crazy going, to me. But it's all, it's all focused on music. I mean, that's, well, and, that's and really that's probably the best move they could have made. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it makes sense. But at the same time, it's really hard to find crap on MySpace. I'm not a fan. So anyway, so what I'm getting for you here is from Prague Archives, because that's all I really had access to. Uh, but this amused me, because when they started, it was Jordi Amela on keyboards and Jordi Pratt on guitar. Um, and they had been playing in a band called Rara Avis, and then that broke up. And they, but these two Jord, the two Jordies, decided to stay together. So they found bass player Jordy Planis <laughs> and drummer Jose Luis Pacheco. Um, which this is? <laughs> Did they name him Jordy just for uh, well, <laughs> brevity? So sake? The, the comment, the comment in the the biography is. Thus, throwing a monkey wrench into the whole "we are all called Jordy" motif that was emerging. <laughs> I do Good day, like, Bruce. I do like the writing sometimes. <laughs> so anyway, so um, and so that was the the creation of Drachma. Uh, they had an album. At, I think their first album was in 1995. No, 94, sorry. Limits is their first album. It was 94 with Mellow Records. And then 96 saw their second one, which is pretty quick turnaround, which is impressive. And it's called A Fine Stormy Weather. So that was their, this is the album that we listened to. And it was put out by Musee because apparently they had some serious issues with Mellow and yeah. Parted Ways. So, and Musee is a much better record label, in my opinion, in terms of good, the good stuff that comes out from them. So. Anyway, so that came out in June of 1996. Um, so there's not, they don't really talk about their influences and all of that, but I thought it was a fantastic uh, song. I was really impressed with that song. Yeah. I yeah, liked it. I really liked it. That, so, that's why I played it for you guys. I really liked it. <laughs> so they, I think they're still around. I can't tell, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> Because uh, they don't really have, those are the only, I think they had one more album out called You Bud that came out in 2008, and that was it. Okay. So there's nothing else from them after that. So maybe they're one of those bands that goes into hibernation every so often and then pops up and makes an album. Correct. If, oh, if that's- I did have one more thing I wanted to say about them. Sorry. Okay, okay. So in 95, they were asked to participate on a, the tribute, Genesis tribute album, The River of Constant Change. And they, I don't even know this album. The River of Constant Change. Yes. Okay. Um, and they did La- The Light Lies Down on Broadway. 
Nice. I have to find this now. Yeah. The light lies down on Broadway. Excellent. Yep. So anyway, I wanted to just share that. So that was the, the song Inner Castle from Drachma. We followed that up with Visible Wind and Intravenous. Now, when I first heard this band, I thought immediately it reminded me of something that Colin Tench would do. Um, it actually reminded me of that recent Colin Tench band that I can't think of right now that I'm sorry about. <laughs> that I can't think of it. <laughs> Colin, you're welcome to come in and, and tell me what your recent band was that wasn't a solo project. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Visible Wind is from Quebec. And they formed in 1983, but of course this album is from 1996. It's called Narcissus Goes to the Moon. The moon. The moon. June, the, the June on the moon. Um, so we heard Intravenous, which is one of the bigger tracks on the album, although The Awakening is a 20-minute, 59-second monster piece. Monster piece, I like that. Um, and they also put, at the end of the album, they also have Strange Days, which is, of course, the Doors cover. Um, there's not a lot of information on this band, and when you go to their website, it looks like it was created during the days of MySpace, but uh, I mean, it, it's, it shows their albums, it gives no information whatsoever. Um, it, I don't even think it gives a bio of the band anywhere here. Um, but anyway, the album is Narcissus Goes to the Moon, and uh, we heard Intravenous. So if you want to I don't know if you want to go check out this website. It's uh, users.aei.ca. Yeah, you're not going to like this. Forward slash bwind forward slash albums.html. Yeah, you're going to remember all of that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So after that, um, we played Marburg Friends by Relayer. This one really caught my attention. It's beautiful. It really is. So, yes. Relayer. When you hear that, you think of yes. And the amusing part is that was the first piece. So again, this that this band doesn't even have a MySpace page. They have no website whatsoever. So Frog Archives to the rescue again. Um, and so the first line of this biography is, I don't usually care too much about bands that use the name of an album of another band because they're usually close. But you can't say that about Relayer. Definitely... I'm sure that there's little hints of yes in there, but no, it's not really. It's more Marillion and Kansas and all that. It is very interesting, though, because they were formed, it just as they were formed in the early 90s. And we don't know where exactly they're from, just that they're a U.S. band. Um, but it was formed by Greg Panmer, Tom Burke, Tim Leroy, John Sahagian, and Michael Waits. And so they started out in 94 with Brander Vision was their first album which seems like a lot of the uh, reviews and feedback were fairly negative. A little weak and, and not good drumming and blah, blah, blah. So the second album, The Teething Fashion, which, was com which came out in 96 and which is what we heard, was, sound again, with reviews, sounds like it's their best album. And from that song we heard, it was pretty darn impressive. It was very, very nice. Um, and... They've gotten a lot of, of um, correlations to Dream Theater and Marillion and Kansas and Rush. Um, they said after Teething Fashion, the um, keyboardist left. And so they, instead of put, putting a new keyboardist in, uh, the two guitarists just took over those pieces and, and mm. tried to... And so it was much more of a guitar band 
and less of a keyboard band. Um, and so they came out with one more album after that, and that's all that they wrote. There's nothing else from them, really. Well, actually, so they had Last Man on Earth, which was that 99, the 99 album, which... And then they actually did have a 2008 album called Facade, which sounds really interesting. But anyway, the teething fashion is the one that we heard, which is really nice, very pretty, very, I would say very keyboard-focused and very... I felt like there was a lot of Parsons influence in there. Yeah, I can totally see that. So I was very impressed with it. So now I really want to hear Passage. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to to do some deeper research yeah. with Relayer. So I don't have a website for you, unfortunately. But if you want reviews and, and stuff like that, you can certainly go to Frog Archives for the reviews and also to purchase their albums. Okay. And then we closed it out with uh, Journey's Trial by Fire, which is the title track to the album Trial by Fire. This was uh, the original Journey lineup coming back together in 1996 after their last li- their last studio album was 1982's Frontiers. So that's a 14-year hiatus. Um, and unfortunately, there was no tour because at that time, there were starting to be some problems between band members, which is sad. It's the last time we heard from Steve Perry on a Journey album. And uh, of course, now we have Arnel Pineda, who is... Uh, he's pretty great. He's pretty awesome. I like um, him. I do like him. I, I wish it was Steve, but yeah. I, I don't know what's going on with Steve. So, uh, nevertheless, that that was one of those albums that just really caught my attention in 1996. So I had to throw it in there. So, all right. Even though we're playing all music from 96, we're going to get some music that's not 96 from this next set because it's live albums from 96. Oh, uh, sneaky. Yeah. sneaky. Sneaky bastard. Sneaky bastard, yes. Um, actually, we're only going to play a couple of songs that are live, but one of them is so long that it, it makes sense to only just play these couple of songs. The first one we're going to play is by Solaris. Now, you might remember them from our Martian Chronicles show, or what maybe it was the Ray Bradbury show, but either way, uh, we've heard Solaris before, but we've never heard them li- live. Live. I can't speak live. Live. <laughs> we've never heard them live, and so... In 1996, they put out an album live in Los Angeles, and we're going to hear Mars. It's I, I say Mars, but it's M apostrophe R's. Mars. Poetica. Mars Poetica is the, the title of the song. And uh, then after that, we'll have one more live piece for you. And then we'll move into some more studio stuff from 96, heading towards our favorites from 1996, although it's been a good ride so far. Here we go. Solaris.
That's yes at San Luis Obispo. Obispo? Obispo. I think that's the way you pronounce it. Anyway, uh, that was uh, from Keys to Ascension, which was the live album released by Yes in 1996. We heard Awaken there. Of course, uh, Yes's uh, Keys to Ascension did have a couple of tracks on it that were new tracks. But for me, the value of that album was the live stuff. That was my first time I'd ever heard Awaken. And my first time I'd ever heard um, Onward were on that album. Onward. Right? Yeah. Oh, I love that song. And, and probably the first time I ever heard um, Ritual Live. Anyway, great live album from 1996. That set was just a couple of live albums from 1996. The first one was Solaris, live in Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Uh, so Solaris is, or was, I can't quite tell. Um, they started out in eight, 1980 and are from Hungary. And so, and I found this awesome that the band's, the name of the band is inspired by the Stanislav Lamb book Solaris. And that their first album was the Martian Chronicles. So I'm like, oh, I love the fact that they're sci-fi geeks. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Lovely. So anyway, <laughs> uh, this is um, a live album from 96. Uh, basically, they had... Uh, the Martian Chronicles is their first real album. I think they had a couple of like EPs before that, but the, the Martian Chronicles is their first full album. And so this live show is the double CD that they did, and I, obviously it gives you the whole Martian Chronicles, I believe. But anyway, um, so the band members... Are Robert Erdege. I'm going to murder these names. I'm so sorry. Um, uh, Attila Koyar, Lajlo Gomar, Gabor Kijabo, 
and Zeba Bogdan. And um, they are, I would say they're, it's very instrumental. I think it's fully instrumental, right? They don't have. I don't think they have a vocal they don't have at all. Vocals. No, I don't think so. It's all instrumental music. And they, it's very symphonic because they have flute and, um, and they do have other, other um, instruments that come on in terms of, you know, the other symphonic instruments. But it's basically keyboard, drum, bass, guitar, and flute is their um, main thing. So it's a little Jethro Tully just in terms of the musicianship. But definitely this is much harder, I would say. It's a visceral, a very yeah. visceral experience. I mean, I just hear the drums and moving off into the, the just that power. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So anyway, and it seems interesting to me that a lot of their music is still very much involved in the Martian Chronicles and because they they did a Martian Chronicles 2 in 2014. Yes, they did. So they did and they did an album called Nostradamus as well. So I just find it fascinating that they're they're very pulled into the sci-fi arena and all of their music seems to surround all of that kind of stuff. So, But anyway, that was... They don't really... They have a website. It's uh, Reggie, R-E-G-I dot Solaris dot H-U. Um, but it hasn't been updated since 2014 when the uh, Martian Chronicles 2 came out. So I don't know what they're doing at this moment in time. Okay. Well, I mean, 2014, they were alive and kicking. So and brought out a new that album, means so. that they're probably still doing their thing. Um, but they are, are definitely worth checking out. We should probably pull up our archive for the uh, Ray Bradbury show sometime oh, yeah, in the near we future. Should. That was a good show. That was a good show. Good and show. Uh, we featured some Solaris on there. So that was our live set, all of two songs. But that's prog for you because if I played, I mean, there were so many good live albums from '96. Uh, Made Again by Marillion was in '96. Live Art by Bela Fleck was in '96. Um, Buried Alive by Anglegard, which we were just talking about here in chat, was in '96. So there's, it was, wasn't easy to make the decision as to what I was going to play. But once I chose to play Awaken, well, I was I was pretty much taking up most of my set there. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to play something else. We'll we'll get along with it that way. So we're moving back into studio now, and we're moving towards our favorite, or my favorite, I should say, music of uh, of '96 uh, from Prague. And it's not necessarily in numerical order, although it is a little bit. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I just didn't want people to believe that there was like a ten, nine, eight kind of thing going on, but a little bit of that is going on anyway. Not that anybody's really analyzing what I'm doing here, but uh, here's Flower Kings. Their second album came out in uh, 96, and it was Retropolis. And this is the title track, that album, Retropolis. This set will be probably people you know a little better. Enjoy.
inside the vehicle the cold is extreme Smoke in my throat kicks me out of my dream I try to relax but it's warmer outside I fail to collect, it's a tragic divide
Another nice long set there for you of music from 1996. We started that set with the Flower Kings and Retropolis. Once again, that's their second album. Um, not sure if I picked the best track for it, but I wanted to get a taste of what Retropolis was like. So, Moved from there to Rick Wakeman and A Little Piece of Heaven slash Part of the Crowd. And I will agree with the reviewers that I saw. So the the album is Can You Hear Me? And it, it's got kind of a Christian bent to it. It's, it's almost a, a Christian prog rock album, I guess. Um, Rick's playing A Little Piece of Heaven. And then we come to Part of the Crowd, and I'm not so sure that I'm as into it anymore. Um, nevertheless, this was from 1996, and Rick Wakeman and his band at the time Followed it up with Camel and Coming of Age. This comes from the album Harbor of Tears, which basically uh, Andy Lattimore, am I saying that right? Lattimore? Latimer? Latimer. Latimer? Uh, anyway, <laughs> Latimer. Yes. Uh, basically, he uh, learned that the last site of, of Ireland his grandmother's family would have seen was Cove Harbor. And uh, that's a deep water port that saw uh, witnessed the fracturing of thousands of families as their sons and daughters departed towards America. Little did they know they were going to get Trump. Anyway, um, so uh, the album was titled Based on the Port, Harbor of Tears. Nice piece, though. I, I didn't pay attention to uh, this, this Camel album, and that was a very nice piece. I really liked it. Um, one, uh, one thing I wanted to note was that if you're, uh, like an Alan Parsons fan, of course, we know David Patton did some Alan Parsons lyrics. Um, David Patton shows up on Send Home the Slates, which is also on this album. We followed that up with Anthony Phillips and Under the Ice. This is yep. from Private Parts and Pieces number nine. nine. Dragonfly number Dreams. Nine. Number nine. Number nine. Yes. Oh, sorry. Did you I, have something? I don't know well, if you did or not. I there really wasn't anything on the album, and and he of course is was the first uh, guitarist, I believe, for for Genesis. For Genesis. Yeah. So at the very very beginning, he was only there for a couple of years. Trespass. Yeah, basically, one album basically, and then, and then he well, went off the on Genesis his own. Genesis to Revelation, and then Trespass. So they did say that he wasn't the first to have a solo album from. You know, after Genesis, that was Steve Hackett. Apparently, came out with this for his solo album before Anthony Phillips did. Oh, okay, okay, I didn't but, realize that. Yeah, but so he's done a lot. He did a little bit of vocal albums, but most of his stuff has been instrumental, instrumental things. Really focused on um, twelve-string guitar and keyboard, piano composition stuff. So that's that's where this all comes in, but. Um, well, they really didn't. I, I kept looking for reviews and There's thoughts not a lot about, of detail about it. Yeah, unfortunately, he's got he's hugely prolific. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I don't think anybody's written more albums than <sighs> than him, save for maybe Frank Sinatra and. Well, and he and Frank Sinatra didn't really write his own music. Well, he that, just sang yeah. people's music, so he still put out a lot of albums. He did. He did. Elvis didn't sing his own music either. True. 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 A lot of albums there too. <laughs> um. We followed that up with Porcupine Tree from Signify. We played Dark Matter. Dark Matter is the song that he, that Stephen played not on this tour, but the previous tour. 
the tour for Raven that refused to sing. Oh. He just kind of pulled that and went out of the cobwebs. So but that is dark matter. What were you about to say? I was thinking about Raven refused to sing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just thinking about that. So beautiful. Oh so, Sorry, it wasn't even about dark matter. <laughs> no, it wasn't. But that's I was okay. just going back that's to okay. that, that, that tour. And, oh, it's, so, yeah. it's easy to, you know, I get it. Um, so Signify um, was maybe midway through the Porcupine Tree career, basically. Um, Colin Edwin basically said that Wilson allowed him a lot of freedom with his bass parts. But then would simply replace the demos with Wilson's own versions. <laughs> no. So he let him noodle around on the demos and then just did what he wanted on the actual the actual album? It says sometimes Wilson would simply replace his demo takes with Wilson's own work on the final versions, as was the case with the tracks Sever and Dark Matter. Wow. Yeah. Signify was the fourth album. So fourth, really? It's fourth, okay. Uh-huh. Okay. I, I okay. I thought there were more, but okay. No, there was on the Sunday of Life, up the downstairs, the sky moves sideways. Oh, uh, but there's a lot of other stuff in there. That's oh, I'm sure there's a lot, there. but this is like I'm actually at the Porcupine Tree website for their discography. Oh, so all right. I don't know that he's put out like all the little. He may not have tiny little EP have. and all that other stuff that he puts out. It's just these are the actual albums. Okay. Anyway, Signify, great album. Every Home is Wired is on that album. Uh, Sever. So many good songs on that album. Definitely worth checking out. And then finally, Stone Temple Pilots with their, probably their most creative album. You know, and it's just before um, Scott died. Scott Weiland, is that it? Yeah, Scott Weiland. Yeah. Just before Scott died, um... This was uh, Tiny Music Songs from the Vatican Gift Shop, and the song we heard was Adhesive, which uh, it just caught me immediately when I heard it. And I played a lot of uh, STP during that 96 year because I was, I was hanging out with a lot of kids that were um, very interested in the alternative music that was being played. And so I, I got quite into the Stone Temple Pilots at the time. But I felt like that with the muted trumpet, that just deserved to be in the mix. Adhesive from Stone Temple Pilots. We are moving towards the end of our show. We have just a couple of sets left for you. Um, this first set is just kind of stuff that fell out of. They, they, I wanted them to play, but they didn't fall into the theme, the 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 sort of sweep of music that I was trying to create. So I just put a that set of them together. Um, and I don't know why I wanted to include this one. It's just because it's such an interesting idea that Vanden Plas would go through and do cover store, cover songs. Um, they did an album called Accult, A-C-C-U-L-T, and it was all cover songs. And so we're going to hear uh, the theme from Pseudo Silk Kimono and Kaylee here to start our set from Vanden Plas, not from Marillion. Interesting. Indeed. So enjoy the set, and we'll see you on the other side.
cigarettes and carrot juice and get yourself a new tattoo for those sleeveless days of June I'm sitting on the cafe Zeno steps with a book I haven't started yet Watching all the girls walk by Could I take you out? I'd be yours without a doubt On that big dipper sound of this it frightens you We could play it real cool And act somewhat indifferent And hey June Why'd you have to come Why'd you have to come around So soon I wasn't ready For all this nature Terrible green, green grass And violent blooms of flower dresses And afternoons that make me sleepy But we could wait a while Before we push that dull turnstile Into the passage The thousands they have tread And others sometimes fled Before the turn came chance arrived before the passage from the top you can see Monterey or think about San Jose though I know it's not that pleasant and hey Jim a Kerouac, a brother of the famous Jack So he likes to say, lucky bastard He's sitting on the cafe, Zeno steps With a girl, I'm not over yet We're Watching all the world go by 
Boy, you're looking bad Did I make you feel that sad? I'm honestly flattered But if she asked me out I'll be hers without a doubt On that big dipper Cigarettes And carrot juice And get yourself a new tattoo For those sleeveless days of June I'm sitting on the cafe Zinno steps I haven't got the courage yet I haven't got the courage yet I haven't got the courage yet Yeah, not Prague, of course. <laughs> not even remotely. But Cracker <laughs> is awesome. Cracker is awesome. And that song was... that's Besides the Journey Trial by Fire album, that, that album is also probably the most played of 1996 for me. Especially because of that song, Big Dipper. It just, it's a ballad. It's got kind of a country twang that doesn't really fit there, and yet it's perfect. Um, I'm kind of a big fan of David Lowry, so um, whether it's Camper Van Beethoven or Cracker, I, I like the guy. So anyway... Um, I ha- nostalgia, nostalgia in the last two tracks there because I also played Dave Matthews Band Two Step from the album Crash, um, because that was another big played album there. So I apologize if people didn't enjoy my nostalgia trip, <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay because we'll go on to some really really great prog in this next set. Oh wow, it's just uh two long songs in this next set and then we close. Wow, it went anyway, fast. two really good songs nevertheless. Anyway, uh, so we started with Vandenplas. From the album Occult, and we heard Pseudo Silk Kimono and Kaylee, of course, covers of Marillion songs. After that was Madrigal with Living on the Edge. No, this is not the song by when that who, who did Living on the Edge? Oh, that was uh, Aerosmith. This is not them. No, Ma- Madrigal is Madrigal. Yeah. So they're a very little known. There's apparently a lot of bands named Madrigal. First of all. But this is a interesting little band from the U.S., mm-hmm. from the Northwest, from Washington, Spokane, Washington. It's got their start in the actual 70s, like 77 or thereabouts. Um, um, they were formed in 77 by Kevin Dodson and David Siebert. And they, they just... Played. They they had their own original music, but then they are also a cover band for stuff like Genesis, Gentle Giant, King Crimson, Death Tall, all that kind of stuff. Um, and they spent basically all of the the seventies and eighties just kind of playing. They didn't ha- make any albums. They just played. Hmm. Uh, and it looks like they really kind of ended the band in around eighty six, and then they reformed at the very end of the 80s, with only one original member, Kevin Dodson. And then they actually released two albums with uh, with Musée, the French label. Mm. And 
Um, so it's from the second uh, second album that we listened to, and that was hands on my hands on my hands, and that was released in '96. The interesting part was they broke up again. According to their website, they ended the band completely in '95. So I believe this the last album came out after they had already broken up. Which wow, is interesting. So uh, their their website is still around. It's pnwbands.com forward slash madrigal. But um, like I said, Pacific Northwest Bands.com. That's what that is. Okay. Yep. Madrigal forward slash madrigal. But uh, it, like I said, it's, it's an, their band doesn't really exist anymore. So there's not much to it. It's a pretty one, it's like one screen. It doesn't go anywhere else. But if you're interested, feel free to go over there. Um, but there's some good reviews on Prague Archives and that. Cool. And uh, just uh, because I've been listening to that Cracker album this week, Big Dipper, I, di- I didn't know what this was all about. You know, he says, um, uh, I'd be yours without a doubt on that Big Dipper. He is talking about, he's, he's sitting in, um, I guess, Santa Cruz. And he's okay. saying from the top, you can see Monterey or think about San Jose. So it's it's um, it's very much set in the West Coast. And, and uh, it's just such a great song. I, I Sorry if people don't like it. Oh, Big Dipper. Sure. Yeah. That's the, that's the roller coaster. Well, it's, it, no, it's a um, it's a generic way of referring to roller coasters. But it's the name of a... They said it's not the name of the roller coaster at Santa Cruz. Well, that's what we always called it. Oh, I... Okay. Yeah. No, seriously. I've been to Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk, and that's what we called it was the Big Dipper. Okay. Well, okay. And that's what Austin is saying. Yeah. Yes, the Big Dipper no, is the roller coaster. It's a roller coaster. Okay, all right, all right. On fine. the boardwalk, on Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk, is it's the roller coaster. See, East Coast boy here. Yeah. All I know is Scream Machine. No, no, it was a. It's a fun. It's a one of the one of the really cool wooden roller coasters. I thought of fun. Okay. All right. So, but that makes sense that you can see Monterey and and think about that, San Jose. I was gonna say I don't think you can see so San Jose from there, but you can see Monterey out <laughs> there. So. Okay. Well, so my top three albums. And this time we are kind of in my favorites of uh, 1996. Um, and the last one I'll play will be the closing song that we do for the show, like after we say goodbye kind of thing. Um, but it was really hard to decide which of these should be first, which second, which third, that kind of thing. So I wouldn't say that there's any value in the order that I put them in, except that they are my three favorite albums from 1996. And they're prog, don't worry. <laughs> Don't no, worry. No, no Dave Matthews band again. I'll take care of you. Don't worry. <laughs> um, the first one comes from. Okay, I just started working at Dividing Line Broadcast Network, and I had also just discovered all of these amazing prog bands that I'd never heard of before. And among those bands was Porcupine Tree, because I had listened to. Um, the album before In Absentia, which I can't remember right now. Um, I can't believe I can't. Oh, Lightbulb Sun? Yeah, Lightbulb Sun. Um, and a, a bunch of others, mostly Autumn, etc. But this was like one of my favorites. And this is after I started Soundscape. So Susie was with me at this time. We were both discovering this album at the same time. Uh, the album is Beware of Darkness from Spock's Beard. Oh, yeah. Yes, okay. and everything on that album is just a perfect match with my taste in music. 
So I didn't know which track to play because there's so many great ones. And so I chose one that I don't listen to that much, and that is Time Has Come. And so that's the one we'll start with. Recordings is the album before I've sent it, by the way. That's not the one, though. Then I was wrong. But recording sounds like it's a collection. And Light Bulb Sun would be the first Yeah, the it's next just limited to 23,000 yeah, uh, 20, yeah, copies, so is, I'm so. sure it's a limited edition. All right, so here's Spock's Beard. Time has come. This is, the band was still together. It wasn't the new thing that we have now. This is the stuff, man. This is the stuff.
paid in gold But his hands were cold But the man was shot Man, this cat was cool So we gave the jewel To a raving fool Stay. When the 
All right, what did I tell you? I saved the best for last, right? Yeah, it is pretty damn impressive. And you know what? That is not the best song on the album, actually. I don't think. It's just one that catches my attention the most. Um, but that's from Pendragon's The the Masquerade Overture, which is just such a fantastic album. I, I, between that and Spock's Beard, I can't decide what's the better album of the year. But I would encourage you all to go and take a look at both of those albums. If you don't if you don't take a look at any of the other albums in the list today, those two need to be on your radar, your prog radar. So, we come to the end of another fantastic episode of Soundscape. Soundscape? <laughs> I started to say the dividing line. That's because I've been talking about the dividing Ooh. line. It's it's a bit prog rock Soundscape. How about that? yes, yeah, what wrong prog rock. Anyway, guys, that's 96. And that's, of course, not all of 96. You couldn't do all of 96 in a show. But here's what I'll do. And here's what I have been doing. If you go over to the Facebook page for Soundscape, which I'm sure my good friend Walter will post in chat because I never know the actual address of this. You know, you think that's pretty bad. I think it's just facebook.com forward slash Soundscape, but I'm not certain. And I don't want to take any chances and have you go look at something else. But we're not a group, we're a page. And that's the difference. There, there's a, another thing on, on Facebook somewhere. Anyway, there I have been posting stuff from 76 and 86 for the past couple of weeks, as well as some drum music to go along with our drum archive that we put out. And I will continue this week by putting some 96 stuff on there. So you can keep up with us there. Uh, we'll keep you updated on what's coming up. And we'll also, I'm trying to keep a flowing sort of stream of news on there, which is not always easy to do, but um, I always feel like there's something unfinished in these shows, and I want to kind of continue it over there. And that's also our chance to get together and talk about the music that we're listening to, because if you can't make it to chat and you're a podcast listener, uh, thank you so much for checking us out, and please come by and talk to us in our, in our chat stream over at Facebook. So next time around, we'll be in 2006. Hmm. 2006. And we'll be here in two weeks, yes? I, I turn Hold to steady. the scheduler of my days. And she's looking. So, uh, yes. yeah, I thought we would be here in two weeks. So we'll be here in two weeks for 2006. And we're slowly building our way to 2016. We're only a couple of shows away to get to our best of 2016 show, which I'm really excited about. But I've taken all this time, number one, because I've really enjoyed the journey. And number two, because I wasn't ready to say what was the best of 2016 yet, because even though 2016 has passed, I'm still discovering 2016, and I'm trying to discover 2017. How do you do it all? I have my pickaxe, and I am in my prog cave, and I am chopping away, and I'm hoping for the gold, so just keep that image in your mind. Anyway. All I can see is Lego worlds in my head when you said that. Well, all I could see was Minor 2049, but that shows how old I am. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll come back in a couple weeks and uh, just keep it tuned here. We also have a, a Soundscape Twitter account, which sometimes gets used. <laughs> we are at Soundscape DJ. And what else? You can check out our podcast at soundscapeprog.podbean.com. Used to be soundscape.com. 
And unfortunately, that website has lost its fizz. So eventually, we'll get this to be soundscape.com. But for now, here we are. Um, and perfect downsides. They will come back, I promise. Um, I've just been really caught up in this theme thing that we're doing here, and it's a lot of fun. So last song of the show. You wouldn't think that a cover album would have me this a Twitter. A Twitter? A quiver? Um, excited. Anyway, whatever it is, Steve Hackett's Genesis Revisited was such a fantastic um, version of Genesis songs that I have to name it as one of my top three of 1996. You have all these great musicians that join along. Uh, John Wetton's on there. I'm pretty sure Robert Fripp's on there. Lots of good people. And the track I'm going to play for you is the ending track of the album, which makes perfect sense, right? Because here we are at the end of the show. But this was the one, I mean, they all floored me. But this was the one that floored me the most just because of the, the way that it was carried through. Los Indos is already the best ending track on any album I've ever heard. And it comes from Trick of the Tale. But on this album, it really just encapsulates not only the fact that this is a great song, but also that we're reworking this song into a new way of hearing this song. So I, it really caught my attention, and I hope it will yours too. This is from Steve Hackett's Genesis Revisited, the first one. First one he ever did was 1996. Thanks so much for listening. I hope to see you guys again soon. And uh, please keep up with us. Say hi once in a while. Come in to chat. Yeah, come chat after we're gone, you know. Not now. Next time. Next come, time. Come chat next time. All right. We love you guys. Talk to you soon. Have a good rest of your weekend.